0: from baseball's top personalities. The Hall of Famer, one of the great TV broadcasters, Bob Costas is here on A's Cast Live. To the A's legendary players. Five-time Major League Baseball home run champ, Mark mcguire is with us here. You never know what
1: stories you're going to hear. we to think about here to lunch and run with our shirts off. <laughs> <laughs> you would say. This is A's Unfiltered with Chris Townsend.
0: Time now for another edition of A's Unfiltered. We're going to hear from the right-hander, Paul Blackburn, the young shortstop-slash-second baseman Nick Allen, one of the greatest big-game pitchers and Oakland A's of all time, Dave Stewart, and our broadcast partner and Mr. Perfect, the great Dallas Braden, all coming your way. But nobody has had a better start for the athletics in 2022 than Paul Blackburn. Paul Blackburn, you're seeing it from from the dugout. Or what's
2: that like when you look out and you go, where the heck did all the infielders go? <laughs> um, no, I actually noticed it in uh, Tampa when I think it was Brownies' first at-bat. And I was looking around, and I saw three infielders. I'm like, what is going on out here? Um, and then you saw low out in uh, right field. But it's kind of crazy. It's kind of crazy where this game has gone, um, Getting diving into some big analytical things uh, on both sides, actually, us and the Rays. Um, but it's interesting. Um, it's interesting. I feel like if, if you're a guy um, that can kind of hit the ball over the yard, um, you have a good opportunity to, to have a pretty good average this year. You know, there's been a lot. There, there's
0: some research. There's not a ton of research yet because shifting still for the most part, they're still collecting all the data and everything. They can tell you hitter. They can tell you so much about what happens with the fielders. But what they really can't tell us is how you guys feel. And you guys, you're the pitcher, you have the ball, you're the most important. How do you feel when you have unorthodox stuff happening behind you as you're pitching?
2: I think I think guys are just used to it now. Um, at first it was a little weird, um, but it definitely is nice when uh, they're shading a right-hander to pull and a right-hander hits one up the middle and your second baseman's standing right there. Um, but then vice versa. You know, if you get him reaching on a pitch and he hits it to straightaway second base and no one's there, it, I mean, it it, it kind of is what it is. It's, it's got to fry and you a little bit. It fries me if you put it in, the, in the score. <laughs> yeah, 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 it's it's a give and take thing. Um, no, I, I feel like I feel like it it's more beneficial for pitchers. I um, I don't think a lot of us realize uh, those those hard hit ground balls uh, lefty hits that your second baseman's out in shallow right field that fields and throws him out. Um, though, I think those outweigh the ones where they, they hit it where, where maybe this third baseman should be at that time or, or not. You just, you just tend to remember those ones. All right. The last time we talked to you was down at spring training,
0: and it was weird having a mask on and the whole thing. It's great to see you, uh, you know, without the mask for us. Just where you were was like, Katsay gives me the ball. When he gives me the ball, I'm going to be ready to go. To where you are now. Where are you now versus the last time we talked to you?
2: I'm, st- I'm still in the same same headspace. Um, you know, it's you know getting the ball every five days um, and just being able to to come into that game with a game plan uh, that Murph and I have gone over and just being able to to kind of stay within myself um, through I guess through these four starts. Um, you know, it's something that I've really worked on hard uh, just mentally and and kind of physically and just just being able to 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 kind of more so like slow things down for me. Um and that was what, what my big kind of focus was in spring training. Um was just being able to, you know, guys get on base, just being able to slow it down. It, in spring training this year, I kind of used it as as more of a of a get ready um for season. And in the past it was never like that. It was coming to camp and be ready day 1. Um and kind of added that extra stress on myself where I got to go out and be perfect. I got to show these guys that, you know, I can pitch here and that that I belong here. Um, And this year, it just kind of, I kind of took it a little slower for myself and just worked on just more of more of those things, like in-game things, instead of maybe velocity, maybe um, like over the, over the mound stuff. Like I did work on different grips with my curveball and my slider, uh, but most of it was just when a guy got on base, like, don't let the game speed up on you just, you know, breathe out there. Like, Visualize, do all those little things, and I think I was able to kind of carry that over until now, and I've I've noticed that that's helped me a lot.
0: Well, you're three and zero with a 1.35 ERA. I mean, let's be honest, you've been fabulous. Let's talk both mental and physical. Let's start with mental. You talked about slowing it down, but what have you done? Whether I don't know if it's meditation. I everybody's got something. Whether it's away from the field when you're here,
2: what have you done mentally to get stronger? Um I don't I don't really know how to how to phrase this, but I, I guess uh, just care less. And it's not so much caring about less about like the results out there or you know, winning, losing, more so in my mind, like being okay with giving up an early run here. Lead off double, like make a good pitch, soft contact. If they move the guy over, he moves him over. Instead of trying to feel like I need to punch guys out. To not let that guy score in the top of the first, top of the second, whatever it may be, um, that's kind of what I mean when I say kind of like care care less, like can care about what I can control, and not so much what what happens after I release the ball or or vice versa. Um, I feel like that's that's kind of got me to where I am right now mentally, um, and that that's just that also has kind of helped me slow the game down. Um, just like when I'm when I'm out there. Um, I'm taking it pitch to pitch, and, you know, whether it's a bases loaded situation, whether it's, you know, nobody on two outs, two strikes, it, it, I'm taking the same, the same approach and the same mentality into, into every pitch. Now, I don't like to chart a
0: lot of things, but one thing I do for every starting pitcher is first pitch strike because I know if you come out and get a first pitch strike, boy, does that change the odds right out of the gate. And I've noticed you've done that a lot. Also, I can just go on Baseball Savant and see there's a difference in your breaking ball. You mentioned changing grip. What did you do to change your curveball? And I've seen you've, you're having better confidence with your slider, also.
2: Yeah, um, with my curveball, I was I was essentially just a little on the side of the ball, um, and the ball was kind of set back in my hand, so it was more it was more like I was pushing it instead of kind of ripping a seam down with it. Um, so I moved my, my fingers up a little bit on it which gave me more of like I guess more than half the ball in my hand. And just from then, it was it's more so me just kind of keeping my same um, arm speed with it than in the past like've I've got I've gotten to the point in the past where like sometimes I try to place it in there instead of throwing it in there. And I, I just feel like with this grip, it's a lot more comfortable in my hand, and it allows me to just throw it like I throw all my other pitches.
0: And a lot of people don't understand, when you really got a good breaking ball going, and I've mentioned this with Danny Jimenez now, who's really, you know, evolved into this new role back of the bullpen. When you have your breaking ball, I can get in there for a strike, and then when I have it for the strikeout where it goes out of the zone, it's tell us, tell us how that feels when you have that control with your pitches to where i'm gonna throw it for a strike when i want and when i want to punch you out i got it there too
2: no it is it is fun when especially when you have those days where you can backdoor it uh you can throw it down the way to your glove side to a righty um you can throw it on top of the plate when you want to uh those are always fun anytime you get a swing and miss it's fun uh especially someone from like me coming coming up i was never a punch out guy Um, and it's something i've been working on for a long time just just within my repertoire of how I can set guys up for that, how I can create more swing and miss. Um, but being able to have a pitch a pitch like that where you can throw it with conviction and a lot of times you're going to see someone swing over top of it, it's, it's a great feeling.
0: You're probably like me. I, I'm a former bad college pitcher. I look out and I go, how do these guys get ripped around the yard throwing 98, 100 miles an hour? I'm like, you know how easy this game would have been if I threw 100 miles an hour? How many times, I mean, you're a big league pitcher, man. How many times you sit here and go, "How is this guy have a 5 ERA and he's throwing 100 to 101?
2: Yeah, um, I mean, yeah, I, I would love to be able to throw that hard. But this game is hard in general. Um, and it's gotten to the point now where everyone, everyone's throwing hard. So now the hitters are... Are training to hit hit that hard speed, um, and I think I think guys have gone away from movement. And I feel like you ask any hitter, any hitter would rather see a hundred straight than you know ninety four, ninety five with some movement. And it's I mean you when you when you see someone that comes out with with an electric arm like that, it's fun to watch. Um, but I don't honestly I don't know how guys even hit it, but. It's it's just one of those things where everyone kind of kind of evolves in the game. Everyone evolves to what what the game is and You know hitters have have done a good job in, in doing that. All right, so you start tomorrow So like the you know, there, there there's what you do your
0: preparation in the week for the start Just take us kind of through technology-wise because that's what's changed so much in the game whether you're looking at video, God, there's a virtual reality now going on with the hitters. As their hitters are going to be watching you pitch to them in virtual reality. I mean, there's crazy stuff going on. What do you do to prepare for a start with whatever technology you use?
2: Yeah, I just I just watch video, honestly. And then days off, or like yesterday, I, I went on uh, the MLB app, and I watched their first like five innings of their game yesterday. And just kind of like seeing, seeing what guys are doing on certain pitches or like how guys look at the plate, like we played them – about three weeks ago now, um, but you no know, hitters change. Hitters change week to week, and you know what worked on against them last time. Maybe some of those guys are, are laying off those breaking balls on the dirt, or getting those fastballs up. So just being able to to watch their last couple games, and just seeing what certain guys are doing. Um, you know, whether it's first pitch, whether it's guys in scoring position, whether, you know, it's guys trying to bunt, just like little things like that that, that I look for. Um, but, yeah, I usually usually just watch a video on them and just kind of uh, trust my eyes, what I see. Let's end on this.
0: I know you've now been in the organization for a while, but do you ever, like, I don't know, if you're shagging balls or just, you know, doing BP, do you ever just go, wow, I'm pitching at home. Like, I'm in the big leagues, but I'm, not, I'm home. Like this is where I grew up, right? You grew up in the East Bay. You grew up here. Do you ever kind of like just like, wow, I can't believe this is happening?
2: Yeah, there there are times where I sit there and think about it, and there's times where like, you know, fans will fans will yell at me like, oh, I'm from Brentwood, or like, yeah. oh, I go to Heritage High School, and like it's, it it is cool. Um, and I feel like a lot of the times, kind of in and once you're in in baseball and like you're you're in the big leagues, like you don't ever like kind of take that out out of body experience and just like take a step back and just think about. Kind of what you've been through, or like where you are, where you're playing, or things like that. Um, and but this year, I, I kind of made it a, a point to myself to like just in, enjoy it. Whatever happened, whatever happens, happens. Um, believe in myself, and yeah, I've, I've done it a couple of times. You know, just 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 coming here. I mean, I came here for games. I mean, 15, 20 years ago. Like I came here and watched games here. So just just remembering, just like. I mean, I remember being in that box, the first box above the, the scoreboard for someone's birthday when I was, like, nine. You know, I remember coming here for the Little League walk around the field stuff. Like, we had that the other day. So, just seeing stuff like that just pops little memories in my mind, which is which is kind of cool.
0: Yeah, it really, like, I think fans don't realize how rare it is. Like, Brett Phillips grew up in Tampa, right? And he was talking about how Randy Macho Man Savage was his neighbor and that, like, he was like a kid when the Devil Rays first started out. Like, you get these stories, but they're very rare.
2: Yeah, no, they are, and it's it's kind of funny because my time here, what I think it was my sixth year here, we've had a lot of Bay Area guys, and like, I don't feel like you you see that in a lot of organizations. No. And I, I just I feel like it's awesome for the community. Um, you know, you got Piscotti. you got you had Marcus Canna. Um, you know, Mickey was up for a little bit. Um, probably forgetting a lot of a lot of guys right now. Um, but just in general i think it's just it's just really good for the community um, and just being being at home there's there's nothing better than being at home
0: bob melvin used to go to concerts here and party here back in <laughs> the <other> day <laughs> i mean when he really it's like it's 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 been crazy but hey you know what i mean you're on one heck of a run you're healthy mentally physically a lot of our fans obviously just being a bay area guy so many people pulling for you Keep it rolling and enjoy it, man, because you are dealing right now. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you. And we always appreciate the time. Thank you very
2: much for having me.
0: And good luck tomorrow. Thank you. Here he is, Paul Blackburn of your Oakland Athletics, who's off to uh, an absolute fantastic start. And we always like having him here on A's Cast Live. Well, let's just hope he keeps it up because the guy from Brentwood, the Bay Area kid, has had an outstanding start here in 2022. Now, you're going to hear in this interview – Nick Allen is somebody that I've been waiting to interview because I've known his family since I was a little kid, whether it was growing up with his aunt, going to church with his mother, knowing his father who works for my brother and I, and also his grandparents. Yeah, I went to church with his grandparents. So I've known Nick Allen's family, and it was finally time to meet him. Are we going to have Nick? He made his debut yesterday, and he's somebody that, that... You don't know me, but we have a lot in common. So I grew up in San Diego. Okay. And I went to Blessed Sacrament and Crawford High School. Wow. So uh, your Aunt Sherry and I grew up together all through school. Your mom and I were in high school. Mm -hmm. My brother was the same with your mom at Crawford. And, of course, your dad went to Crawford. A lot of people, Ace fans listening, going, what the hell I'm talking about. I'm trying to explain to him. So I was back in San Diego at our family restaurant. Your dad's a contractor. Mm-hmm. Your dad was at our restaurant, and he was like, "Hey, my son, you'd signed it with USC at the yep. time." Mm-hmm. Was like, "Hey, your A's." He knows I worked for the A's. Mm-hmm. were they're really looking at him, and I was like, "Wow!" And I'm thinking, "Wow!" Well, I'm thinking about the history, and I mean, I went to school with your aunt forever, right? Yeah. Your aunt's one of the greatest. <laughs> Sherry's one of the greatest. Yeah. Um, and we draft you. And I've been saying this for years. Wait till this kid comes out. I've been waiting to have this. I went to church with your grandparents. That's how much I know your family. We yeah, go
3: to Blessed Sacrament a lot. You yeah. Know, kind of coming up. So obviously, my grandparents are always there, both sides, because uh, it's a small little community there in Rolando area
0: so welcome to the big leagues welcome to Ace cast live I'm Chris Townsend by the way it's great Chris, to finally officially nice meet, to meet you, you I've talked a lot about you and I know Ace fans have been excited what was it like I know it was a little rushed because of all the COVID stuff had to get you here but you get here you get your feet wet and then next thing you know you're out at second base
3: uh surreal moment uh, I'm just glad my family was here too but uh man uh You've dreamt about it my whole life. I have. Uh, and words can't, you know, describe the feelings, the rush. Uh, but after I got my first play, it was just baseball. Uh, so I'm gl- I'm glad I got the first play out of the way and got my first to bat out of the way, first game out of the way. Uh, but I was, I was so thankful to be in the moment, thankful for the A's uh, for giving this op- me this opportunity. I'm just going to go run with it and freaking go do it. So, was it almost better that it's rushed, get on the plane, get here, not
0: a whole lot of time to think about it? Katsai's then telling you you're in tomorrow, that you don't get in your head, you, you don't put too much of the pressure on yourself for you to be able to be able to be, hey, it's baseball, let's go.
3: Yeah, I mean, I was trying to hold back the nerves. Obviously, you got a little nerves going into it. Uh, but it was just baseball. Like, right when I stepped in the box, it was just me facing the pitcher again. That's normal. Um but also being a big stadium, uh, you really had to try to quiet it down in, uh, in your head a little bit. But, uh, but yeah, I'm just thankful to be out there. And it just it turned into me just doing my thing. So, uh, obviously, the nerves are there. But I'm, I'm glad I settled in.
0: When you left, so we got to spring training and you were already gone. So, I wanted to meet you in spring training. What did they tell you when you left Ho-Ho Cam? And you were obviously going to be with the Aviators in Las Vegas. What did they tell you about being prepared and be, being ready to get back up here?
3: I think the big thing from Cost was just to act like you're a part of this team, even though you're going to be away from it. Because, uh, you know, every, everyone in AAA just has the opportunity to come help this team at any given point because the main goal here is to, you know, win a World Series, uh, win games uh, at any cost. So... Uh, I was just prepared when I was down there just to act like, you know, I'm going to help this Ace team win w- whatever way, and I'm going to be ready. So I've got to stay ready.
0: And that's one thing that we heard from Scott Emerson, pitching coach, earlier here he was on the show. He talked about one of the great things about Mark Kotze, and Mark joins us every Friday here on Ace Cast Live. And, you know, we've known Mark forever. I now We're all getting so old. I played against him in college way back in the day. Um, is that – he makes everybody feel valuable. He makes everybody feel like they're a part of it. You mentioned that. He's telling you, you're going to leave here, but you're a part of it. Just talk about how everybody in this clubhouse, because it's a surprise start. I mean, everybody in baseball is like, what the heck's going on in Oakland? Getting rid of a bunch of guys, but they're still they're in first place right now, lead baseball in run scored. So talk about how everybody in this clubhouse feels like they're a part of it, and even guys not even here right now down Las Vegas feel like they're a part of it.
3: No I mean it was it was given from his first speech that you know all guys in camp like be ready be ready because uh, when you get your opportunity we're gonna, you know we're gonna go with it uh, and you better be able, able to help us win this win some games. Um, so I, I'm thankful for Kotz because he's just so transparent he talks to everyone uh, makes you feel a part of it and uh, couldn't be more thankful to have him as a manager here uh, but he means business too so um, we're here to win. What was the phone call like?
0: to your mother kathy your, your father what, what what was the phone call like they knew at some point this was going to happen and i because i say it all the time oakland's the land of opportunity for a lot of players what was it like when you made the phone call to your parents to say i'm going to the big leagues
3: yeah so um the call i mean i told my dad uh, right when i got it i called my dad and then i called my mom um but man they were uh they've they've helped me so much throughout uh, you know this road to get here i can't thank them enough but i mean it was it wasn't for nothing you know and they they uh they supported me every step of the way they were very emotional um and i didn't really like it was hard for me to get emotional because i was just trying to be like i got to get on a flight right now i got to get going got to get packed up but i think yesterday um i just started to realize like how much you know they've helped me everyone along my path has helped me get here and uh i i got pretty emotional i'd say yesterday morning for sure um just thinking about how much my parents have helped me uh can't thank them enough honestly
0: yeah you think about all the times that they drove you to practice and all the games and all that and to think that it finally ends up here in the big leagues with the oakland a's it's it's something so special and there's there's more than just your parents there's so many coaches there's so many people I'm sure you've had a lot of people reach out. What has that been like once people figure out you are coming to the big leagues, then you play in a game, what's your cell phone been like?
3: It's been crazy. Um, you know, I've tried to answer as many as I can whilst trying to stay focused and stay ready to go do my job. Um, but, again, everyone out there that's helped me along this path, like, thank you so much. You know, every single day putting in the work, you know, it wasn't for nothing, and now we're going to go with it and we're going to take off. So, yeah. Um, Thank you again for everyone out there uh, that's reached out. I love you guys. A fam- my family, I love you guys. Um, again, like words can't describe how thankful I am.
0: So I think about you and where you fit in long term. Obviously, when you're an infielder, you can pick it. You can play anywhere, right? If they had it, We need you to play third tonight. You're ready to go. Yes. Long term, though, shortstop, is that where you envision yourself long term in the big leagues?
3: I, yes. Yes, but – I There's nothing play, wrong with yeah, being confident. Yeah, yes. Yes, shortstop is my main position 100%, but I can play second base just as good. I can play third as third if I need to just as good. Um, I'm confident anywhere, wherever you need me to help the team win, but I'd say shortstop has always been my main position growing up.
0: And tell Ace fans what they're getting offensively from you.
3: Man, you're going to get a guy that's going to compete um, and a, a guy that's going to be scrappy, um, you know, just – you're going to get a guy. You're going to get a good guy. You're getting the yeah. dude that yeah. is what we're getting. Uh-huh, yes.
0: And And by the way, you got to have that confidence. Yeah. If you want to be here and you want to be here for a long time and you want to make it your profession and make a lot of money, mm-hmm. you got to have that confidence because yeah. this is a game where it's going to beat you down. This is a game where there's going to be times where you're struggling, but the only guy that's got to believe that you're the yeah. guy
3: is you. I'm going to compete. I'm going to try to help the team win whatever way I can. If I need to get a guy over, do it. That's what I'm going to do. Um, but you know, there's some, there's some life there too.
0: So one of the things I think that may help you also is the fact that you're not going to be leaving the Bay area anytime soon. So you got the rest of this series, you got, you got Texas, you got a day off to kind of get settled. You got the giants over in San Francisco, another day off and then another homestand. How nice is that? Cause when you go on the roads back on hotels, yeah, you, you got some time to settle in here in the Bay area. How nice is that going to be? It's
3: going to be really nice. Um, you know, I, I was—we uh, did alt site here in San Jose, um, kind of, not really. I mean, I don't know, <laughs> but uh, I You're got. You're yeah, not that miles far. Away, so yeah, not that far. So I kind of got my feet wet with kind of seeing what was around here in a sense, because I made some trips up just to see. Uh, but I'm thankful to be here to just kind of see what's going on. What what what, what can I do to get into rhythm, get my routine going, um, and see all the Bay Area, and uh, you know i'm thankful to be here
0: well you're gonna see the country and you're gonna see it in style because it's the private jet it's the best hotels it's the best food you're in the big leagues now
3: uh, thankful very thankful
0: well hey great stuff it's nice meeting we've been waiting i've been waiting i didn't think it'd be this <laughs> it was fast, nice to meet you <laughs> but you know what i'll, I'll be here for you and, and we'll take care of you in a lot of different ways but congratulations it's uh I know it's a very special time for a lot of people in your family and for you and that dream. You always had that dream. Always had the dream, yeah. And finally that dream's come true. Yes. That kid is the future up the middle, a number one pick for the athletics, and he's going to have a fine career. Speaking of a fine career, how about this as your career? A three-time World Series champion, a World Series MVP, two-time American League Championship Series MVP, an all-star, the winner of the Roberto Clemente Award, American League wins leader, a no-hitter, and is in the Athletics Hall of Fame. You also see him on A's pre- and post-game live. Here is the great Dave Stewart. Well, now joining us here on A's Cast Live, he's an absolute A's legend. When you think about a three-time World Series champion, an all-star World Series MVP, multiple-time ALCS MVP, uh, AL win leader in 87, uh, you name it, Roberto Clemente Award. He's done everything in his career as an agent, as a GM, and he's in the Athletics Hall of Fame. The great Dave Stewart with us once again. Stu, how are you?
4: I'm doing okay. I'm doing okay. Thanks for having me on.
0: Well, I had to make sure I took care of you yesterday in my NBC hit because Brody's not giving you enough love.
4: Man, Brody's a tough customer, man. (laughs) I'm going to have to get a new host.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Well, I I wanted to ask you because today uh, something happened that, you know, it's very tricky, especially in modern-day baseball. We're worried about innings pitched. I mean, we can go back to when you were a pitching coach here on this one. Clayton Kershaw through seven had a perfect game going today and they took him out. I understand short and spring training. We're worried about innings, pitch and everything, but uh, how would you feel as a pitching coach? And then how would you feel as a pitcher if you had a perfect game opening day or not, and you're taken out?
4: It's crazy. You know, Sean and I had the same thing about a week ago uh, uh, where he was throwing a, not a perfect game, but a, a no-hitter uh, and he left the game with 88 pitches. I believe that Kershaw left the game today with 80 pitches. You know, it's uh, with Kershaw, you have to be careful. Um, you know, he's got, uh, he's got injuries over the last few years and he's an important part of that rotation and to keep him healthy is the most important thing. I um, mean, it, it, it outweighs, you know, throwing an opening day, perfect game. Quite frankly, to have him available for 30 starts this season um, will put them in a good position to be in a playoff run. So today, if you have to take him out of a game, uh, perfect game or not, and it it assures you or gives you a better chance that you're going to get another 29 starts out of him, then you have to do that.
0: It's just—it's hard to believe that we're in an era where you're just not going to see guys throwing 200 innings. How, how do you feel about that? You know, uh, you know, 30 something starts, 200 innings was the norm. Some people believe we won't even have one guy this year throw 200 innings.
4: Well, when you say 200, I mean even that short in my period of time, we were closer to the 230, 250. Um, I think even I had a. a couple of years at 275 and 280. Um, and yeah I mean we're, we're just in a different period of time uh, where it's just not required for guys to pitch you know more than five or six innings of start and, and that's just the period of time that we're in. the game has changed um, and it's it's you know I can't say it's for the better or it's for the worse. The, the best way to put it is this is the period of time that we're in.
0: Yeah, no doubt about it. And uh, things are changing. And that means more bullpen arms. It more, it means more bullpen usage. You got to get way more outs by your bullpen. How important is it now that the manager and the pitching coach have their finger truly on the pulse of their bullpen because of so many guys coming out of that bullpen?
4: Well, well, you definitely need to know who's healthy and who's not. I mean, you need to know who your performers are in a, in a, in a positive role and in a negative role, without a doubt. Um, you know, there there are teams now that are, are going with uh, nine relievers. Um, and some may do that for the duration of the year. Um, some may only do it uh, until, you know, we get a couple of months in this year, but you know, I, I came from an era where you had five starters, you had five relievers, and the rest of your players were position players and, and outfielders. So, um, you, you know, once again, we're, we're just in a different period of time. So, when
0: you look at your bullpen right now and you got all these different guys, what do you think that truly the advantage is now where you do have the ability to throw a bunch of different looks at these hitters in uh, the later parts of the game?
4: Well, I mean, you know, it, it serves actually to have that many arms in your pen serves a couple of purposes. You know, we're we're in a period of time where we see an opener. And so sometimes your reliever starts a game, only pitches one inning, and you get four or five different arms out of your bullpen for that day. Um, when you come come into a game now, you know, Last night, uh, the, the Giants game, and I don't want to speak about the Giants game, but you know the Padres used a lot of arms in that game last night, as did the, the Tampa Rays uh, against uh, the A's a couple of days ago in that 13-run game. We got to a point where he had a position player. So depending on the game situation, uh, to have different looks, I do think that because you now have to bring a pitcher in and they have to face three batters, you know, it, it kind of takes away the, the matchup look, uh, which I can appreciate that as well. But you know, have different looks down there, different velocities, to have sidewinders, submariners, the, the guys that are throwing 95, 96 mile an hour plus, and then to have your, your slider ball guys come out there like Romo, um, it, it gives you, it could give you an advantage.
0: What do you think is the key for a new manager like Mark Kotze? To run his ball club, be the guy that in, is in charge. When you see a new manager, what's the, the the number one key you look for?
4: Well, I look for the keys of the. I look for the qualities of the best managers that I've ever played for. I'm mean, there era three. It's Cito Gaston, Tony La Russa, and Tommy Lasorda. And the one thing, the one that the one characteristic that they all had in common is the ability to communicate with their players, to gain the trust of their players and to motivate their players um, to, to play the game. If you can communicate with your players, um, it, it allows you the opportunity to, to know what they need. Uh, I don't think of a, enough managers in the game ask their players, what do you need to be successful? Um, those three guys did a great job of that. And then not only did they do a good job of asking the player, communicating with the player, but they also did a good job of following through. And when you can do that, that gains the trust of the player, and that makes the player play better for you as a manager.
0: How much, let's just say, in a given year would you communicate with Tony LaRussa?
4: We talked every day. We talked every day. We talked whether I was starting or not. We talked every day. Uh, He would find a minute or two during the course of batting practice or in the clubhouse whatever the case may be, to have communication, not with just me, but with each and every player on his team.
0: That's amazing. And I know Bob Melvin has mentioned that. I mean, what does that do for you as a player when you know that this man every day is coming to you and asking you about life, your family? Uh, Just what does that mean to you as a player?
3: Well,
4: once again, it, it, it instills trust in the manager, it it, it'll, it puts you in a position to be comfortable with him, to relax with him. And when you're comfortable and you relax, you play your best baseball.
0: Well, it's uh, definitely a communication is such a big part of our, our business, no question. Uh, let's end on this. For you and TV, you know, we've talked so much about your career and everything that you've done player uh as an agent a, as a general manager how do you put tv into that long resume how much fun are you having doing that
4: i'm having a great time it, it's a it's another dimension to to the things that i've i've done in my my life and in my career um it, it, it's it's so much fun to to sit back and talk about the game i mean this the baseball has been my life i'm 45 years in in the game and and so to sit down and talk about a team that I am passionate about and to be able to express to the fans what I see in a baseball game, to have them understand through my eyes what took place with a certain play or, or, or in a certain at-bat or what a pitcher's mentality was or why a guy was successful or why he wasn't successful um, is, is such a great opportunity for me.
0: And is there something about, and and one more, is there something about a a team like this, a lot of guys have a a chip on their shoulder, a lot of people give them no chance, and and they're going out there and they're busting their you-know-what every day, they're giving you everything they got. Is there something about what you see, this uh, land of misfit toys, I guess you could say, the, the way they play hard for 27 outs, is there something that you love about watching that so far?
4: Well, for me, it, it when you can see that these guys are, are playing hard and when you can see that they have the ability to come back in a baseball game at any time, um, for me, it's a heads-up for the rest of the league to understand that, yeah, they've made some changes. Yeah, they've, gotten a, they've, they've let a couple of their quality starters get away. They've let a couple of their quality infielders get away, but these guys are not dead. Um, to me, that's exciting, and I, and I love talking about that, and, and more importantly, expressing to the fans that you still have you still have a, a, a quality product to go out and watch. You have a quality product to get behind, and these guys are just like the Chapmans and the Olsons when they were younger. You you you're just gonna have to re you're gonna have to reroute yourself, I guess. And, and, and put yourself behind these guys and watch them grow and watch the excitement that they bring to the baseball field.
0: Well, I'll just tell you, for the pregame today, my hit is going to be about unwritten rules. I can't believe we're already talking about unwritten rules, and we're not even a a week into this thing. I know we're all old school, and we believe in the unwritten rules, but at some point for the fans, you know, the thing is, Stu, fans don't care about the unwritten rules. They're paying a lot of money. They want to see guys play hard throughout the game, no matter what the score is. It's kind of a tough call, old school versus new school.
4: That's true. But, you know, the rules of the game still remain the rules of the game. The, the problem is, if if you consider the problem, is once again, we're in a new era of baseball. We're in a baseball where a guy hits a long run, home run, he stands at home plate and he watches it. He flips the bat and he takes forever to run around the bases. That's not the brand of baseball that was created by Babe Ruth and Willie Mays and Hank Aaron and Roger Maris and Pete Rose. The, the true heroes of the game, the guys that played the game right. Um, and so, uh, you know, we just have to adjust. As, uh, you know, my martial arts teacher used to tell me when the wind is blowing hard and, and the wave is, 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 is above, your, above your ship, are you going to c- continue to go at that wave or are you going to adjust your sail? And so we're in a period of time now where we have to adjust our sails.
0: Stu, you are the best. Have a great broadcast today, and we'll talk to you soon.
4: Thank you so much for
0: having me. Nobody better than Stu. Stu is the best. But close is our good friend Dallas Braden. Dallas Braden, who is, of course, on A's television and a broadcast partner, and we always love catching up with him down here on the field, getting ready for A's baseball. Here is Dallas Braden. The great Dallas Braden, I think, will back me on this What? A camera has always loved him and always will love him. You see him on NBC Sports California doing A's games. Of course, an A's player.
1: How are you? I'm well. I am well. Back from a great road trip. It was outstanding just to be at the ballpark, seeing guys. Normalcy, start- right? Yeah, yeah. Kinda. Of. We're at the ballpark, and I'm happy being at the ballpark. Yeah. But what's fun is you get to watch guys go about their routine and that's something that that Kype and I have been talking about a lot right now because you spend so long on the road you're not at home you're not acclimated you're, you're just you're kind of flying by the seat of your pants on the road adjusting to new ballpark times new bus road times game times workout times a lot a lot changes from city to city right so once you get home I, I said you know you get to pick out your favorite coffee spot you get to start the routine you're sleeping in your own bed you know you're you're, <clears throat> you're kissing everybody goodnight. and and that How you get to the ballpark the next
0: morning that's important yeah. that's important you're getting, routines
1: yes and uh, you know sometimes you like to figure a, a few of those out so routines being as important as they are in the game of baseball to be home that that's what's starting right now
0: and I think about the momentum and I was I've talked about this this show game show. These players don't care about what the national media, the local media, the politics. What
1: do they care?
0: No. They're getting an opportunity. Yes. And we just talked to Seth Brown about it. Every single day, these guys are coming here. They don't know who's getting traded. They don't know who's on a COVID list. They just know if I'm in, I'm getting a chance to play.
1: Well, and and, Tony, not to – I mean, you're a wordsmith. I just want to correct you on one thing. They have earned these opportunities. And Hell I know yeah. and I know what you mean by when you say they've been given these opportunities. They have earned these opportunities by virtue of the hard work that they've put in to continue to put themselves on radars of whether it be the organizations that they were with, whether it be this organization. Day in, day out, you have to show up and go to work. And what that proves is something that we all know, which is every day at the ballpark is a day that you're auditioning for 29 other organizations. And why do you want to play your best? Why do you want to make sure that you're doing the little things is so that when the opportunity arises somewhere else, you have earned the opportunity to be brought into that fold somewhere along the lines you've you've created value for yourself that says, if we're giving away a cornerstone organization or a cornerstone member of our organization, we want this guy. We want that guy. There's, there's a sense of pride, right? There's a badge of honor that comes along with that. So to your point, having been given this opportunity, that along the way they've earned, this is a, I mean, there's no other way to put it. It's a kick-ass time to be an Oakland A ball player right now because you've got a lot right in front of you that you can grab and really take control of on your own. There's
0: lineups obviously you pitched against that you look at the names in the lineups, superstars, big money guys. But then there are lineups that you look at, and no matter what the names are, you understand that, wow, these guys are tough. And these these may not be household names, but you start looking at video. You look at the scouting reports. You start to realize, you know, I don't know who some of these guys are, but these guys score the most runs in baseball. They hit with runners in scoring position. Like if you were an Oriole pitcher going out tonight and you start looking at this A's team, you start looking at the numbers, just talk about, okay, I may not know who some of these guys are, but, uh-oh, these guys are not going to give an inch.
1: Well, two, two guys that I think about right off the top of my head are a guy like Sheldon Noisy, who has continued to display selflessness at the plate. He's putting together and putting forth unselfish at-bats. So when there's holes open on the defense... And he's ahead in the count, maybe two zero, two one, three one. Where guys like to dig in and maybe try to get get some, you know? Well, oh, gonna... they
0: like to get a lot.
1: Sure. Well, <laughs> you're watching. You're watching Sheldon say, you know what? Let me cut this down. I've got yeah. a hole on the right side of the field. Let me punch that hole. Maybe it's a first to third opportunity. Now we've got a guy on the corner, less than two outs, and I'm I'm giving the next man behind me an opportunity, by virtue of just not trying to do more than I really need to do at this moment in time. And then think about Pache. Okay. 0 for 15 at the plate when nobody's on base. But what is he nine for 15 when guys are on base combination of on base and in score. What What does that tell you? That tells you that he recognized the game situation and he has now in terms of power, tried to say, you know what I can, I can take a back seat here and I need to just put this ball in play. I need to maybe drive it deep enough into the outfield to allow a runner to score. I need to move a guy from second over to third, less than two. Like those are the things you're watching unfold. And look, he's ran, he ran into a big homer in Toronto, like or Tampa, excuse me. This is this is what you want to see unfold because it's young guys that are doing it and it's guys who've been around the block a time or two that know what it takes to win and know what it takes to entrench themselves in a lineup. Yeah, I love talking
0: about the moment. Some guys sense the moment, and there's been this debate now for years, whether guy's clutch or not clutch. We were joking around last night with Ken Korak going, if you don't think there's something called clutch, you can just look at videos of guys like Michael Jordan, Tiger Woods. You'll see certain guys rising to the moment in key opportunities, and I think for pitchers, you see certain guys that, okay, you can be pitching one way, and all of a sudden – now we got issues. Now there's a runner on second, there's a runner on third. It's that bear down mentality. There is that sense of moment that guys can take their game to the next level. You've experienced it.
1: Well, yeah, what you're what you're trying to do is a combination of all of the little things right. Slow the game down to give yourself an opportunity and sometimes that speeds up on you and you're trying to just trying to figure out a way to kind of calm things down and get back to doing what you do well. And that's why I think with the roster looking the way that it does, it's chock full of guys who can understand that and it's chock full of guys who know what's at stake and whether that's a a long-term position on this roster, whether that's really showing guys or other clubs like we've talked about that you are knocking on the door of being an everyday big leaguer, whatever that is, you're trying to figure out a way to be able to handle that day in and day out. And when you have a collective group around you that is kind of in that same boat, it's, it's easy to paddle in the same direction.
0: Cole Irvin yesterday was standing right where he's standing. And that's great that we can now do that because people can now see. Um, And I asked him, The difference now versus the same time last year for you as a person, as a man. And he said, you know what? Now I know who I am and I know who I'm not. Mm. And that speaks volumes because that's talking about stuff that's out on that bump and stuff away from the baseball field. Sure. He knows who he is and he know who he's not. And he knows when not to be that guy he's not. And that can change your life in so many different ways. Oh. We'll talk just baseball. I'm sure you went through it too, trying to figure out who is Dallas Braden as a professional baseball player, off the field, on the field. What's best for me? What to do? What not? He now knows what's best for him.
1: Well, on the on the field, Townie, it's really simple, you know. And uh, like I think back to to myself, trying to look at the radar gun in the big leagues. Like who oh. the, who the hell are you? Who are you, Dallas? Trying to look at the radar gun. At the big league level, like that—that's that, just not something that you should be doing. That's not something that you should really concern yourself with. So for for me, it was as simple as understanding: I don't need to be the guy who's touching ninety-three on the radar because that's happening in four innings, four and a third. Because you got
0: sp- to ninety-three,
1: beer leave that, Tony. <laughs> I got that in the bag. Babe. I was here. You got ninety-three. <laughs> so so it's more like, hey, you know what? Let's work with 88. Let's work with 90. You don't have to really step oh. on it to get it there. And that's how you get innings. And that's how you get innings. That's how you get outs. That's how you live to see the fifth, the sixth, the se- Believe it or not, you can see the eighth and ninth inning as well. That's that's real. That, that happens for starting pitchers sometimes. So j- just look, self-awareness for me is probably the Best tool and the biggest resource an individual can have, because you understand everything that Cole Irvin was talking about. You understand what you do well, why you do it well. You understand where you struggle and why you struggle, and you now have the information, and you can avoid the struggles to an extent. Right? You need to grow, you need to challenge yourself, and and that's that's all given in in a proper context, the right time, the right place, game situation, the right count, things of that nature. But understanding what you do well knowing why you get the outs you get, why you get the swings you get, having a feel for all of that, man, that, that can be, when we talk about levels to this game and levels to the art, to the, you know, to the craft of pitching, that right there is an example of levels to the game.
0: Okay, so I've been dying to ask him about this because if you, you, you look at Dallas Braden's career, there are guys that are considered the best guys in the game right now making big money. This man right here has more complete games than they do. It's just the game has changed and something that bothers me as and you just touched on it. We have pitchers and it was happening just down here down the bullpen just a little bit ago. And we're seeing it the same thing in golf as they're bringing Trackmans onto the range. Even in your practice, you're trying to make everything perfect. You're trying to make your fastball and your spin rates. You're trying to make the snap and the break on your sliders. Everything's trying to be perfect. You're trying to maximize everything you do out on the mound during the game. And when you practice, everything is trying to be perfect. And what happens is, is that the human body, like golfers now, especially with their backs, and we're seeing these injuries, is your body can't maintain that. Or you can't maintain it for a long time so baseball still wants you to max out but now i only want you to for four or five innings and if that's the case they rather sacrifice how many innings we'll just add more pitchers in the bullpen we'll just get more innings somewhere else to where as you just said i'll back off on max so i can get more innings something's gonna have to give and i think it's this season.
1: Well, I would like to believe you, Towney. The problem is, as far as compensation continues to be doled out the way it is, there's only going to be a few of those rare birds who are given the opportunity to go deep into the ball game because they've created a track record for themselves, almost like being grandfathered in to complete game territory because how many guys this day and age are really given the opportunity to extend themselves with a pitch count north of 100? You can't even have a
0: complete game. You can't even have a perfect game going. If this was – Can you imagine your history and who Dallas Braden is? They would have took you out in the seventh.
1: Oh, well, not only that. that, Maybe in the sixth. (laughs) And that's why (laughs) I I tried to explain to people who were like, oh, well, you're not Clayton Kershaw. And I was like, "No, no, that's the entire point. If I was Clayton Kershaw with me, like, being Dallas still that's why I'm looking at Dave Roberts going buddy it's going to get physical here before you're pulling me out of this ball game the difference is I'm not Clayton Kershaw I don't have the trophy case that Kershaw has I don't have the ring so that's why his legacy it's not really tarnished, Tony It didn't take a hit when Dave Roberts pulled him out of the game with a perfect game intact, did it? You're not thinking anything less of Clayton Kershaw today. You mean he's not going to the Hall of Fame now? I, I think. I don't know if that was martyr. He's probably not. I still got him on my ballot. I think you probably do on yours as I well. I think that
0: plaque is still going up. It is. But what I'm going to say about pitching, though, is we're not too far away from that 28 goes to 26. Mm-hmm. And starting at that point, You can't use the shuttle to AAA as much as you used to, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I'm trying to figure out, you're going to continue to go less innings pitched. You can only use relievers back and forth from AAA so often. How are we going to get all these 27 outs on a nightly basis?
1: You're going to watch guys down there be asked to do more than maybe they've been used to doing in the past. And that's where everybody down there now has to, in their mind, think of themselves as a minimum two-inning arm. You have to. There's no other way to really draw it up. If you're thinking that you're a a bullpen piece in today's baseball game and you're only good for an inning, we're going to need to revisit your thought process, my friend, because that's just not how this works any longer. That means if you're a one-inning arm that the manager is now tasked with only finding a place for you, whether it's either a clean inning or the perfect matchup, to have you face the last out or the last two outs of an inning because the guy who's still in the game did go four outs or more. All the while, maybe because you can't do that. Well, that's that's probably not going to fly. Here's our dilemma. Future. Well, Here, here's it's not really a dilemma for me. Like if you if you care about the future of your organization d- and your ball club, and you care about player development. This is the conversation that needs to be had. Anybody who's not starting a baseball game, you need to wake up knowing that you've got at least six outs in the gas tank. Well, period. that
0: sounds great, but here's your dilemma. you got starters that don't, don't go deep. You've got relievers you don't even know how many outs they can give you. you I just get, told you. Yeah, but – why aren't we seeing that?
1: Well, that like I said, that's because when's that happening? Well, hey, we're...
0: I live in the I live in the real world now. That perfect everybody can go too. That's not real. Well, if and you're... the numbers I got so many numbers on pitching that tell you that ain't real.
1: Well, the numbers also tell you that that's what they're going to do is try to maximize and, and optimize the, same... the matchup.
0: And at the same time, batting averages are at all time low. Sure. How are the batting averages at all time low? And we can't even get outs on the mound. Well, it's we're, like crazy. We're,
1: we're punching guys out more than guys are getting hits these days as a sport collectively like that's that's a tough look offensively is it not that tells you that the way that bullpens are being managed or the way that outs are being sought after and attacked is working so it's tough to ask for a an evolution or a revolution on the mound when what you're watching unfold has literally dwarfed the offense to the point where it's record-breaking We never thought we'd be having a conversation about more strikeouts occurring than hits accumulated across the sport. But that's happened two years in a row now, Tony, And it's probably only going to get worse. It's bad for
0: entertainment. And then I bring up Nestor Cortez. Nasty Nestor. I like. I like when you say five innings, twelve strikeouts, no runs. But what I don't like is the five innings, because uh-huh. now we got four more to play. These sure. Orioles come back, put up a, was it a four or five spot in the eighth, and the Orioles win. And everybody's applauding the perfect inning, and everybody. But you only went five. So how do we? Are we just prisoners in this moment? Yes. And there's nothing we can do because. I think a guy that gives me great five innings, his value is okay.
1: Because you have you have the, the, the numbers and the science that supports the medical stance of why you don't want to extend guys and what that can lead to Where's in the future. Where's the
0: medical science?
1: Well, I mean, you could open up a medical journal, and lots of folks are published in those that tell you why you should start to really consider removing individuals around this benchmark if they've put you if they've put forth this amount is of. Is there that
0: data that says if I go an extra ten, your elbow's toast?
1: But based on oh, I don't know about that. Like I, what I'm telling you is as far as the human body and the way it functions, and the data that has supported not extending arms. That's where. That's where the science comes into play. But you can look at that and think about outliers as well. I mean, Nolan Ryan, I promise you, you could wake that dude up in the middle of a December snowstorm and he could get on the mound and give you 88 is what it feels like, right? He's an outlier. There's a, there's always going to be anomalies, guys that look like they're just built to pitch. Think about a guy like Noah Syndergaard. You mean to tell me that physically when you look at him, that guy doesn't look like he's got 300 innings written all over him in a season? I mean, he's massive. But that's just not biomechanically how he's operating.
0: Or if he didn't spend his whole life at max effort his entire life. I, I saw this video the other day with these kids.
1: Yeah, but then he doesn't cash out on the draft. He doesn't cash out on the paycheck because it's the velocity and it's the radar gun that opens eyes for these kids. Totally. And but that's what people understand. It's a, it's, a, it's a tough spot to be in.
0: Easter Sunday, I was at this party, and they're showing me this kid who's just signed – He's a sophomore. He's got a verbal commitment.
1: Sure. Which
0: I kind of laughed and went, oh, verbal. Yeah, great. 93, 95. He is on the mound in Morgan Hill. I guess Morgan Hill has one of these think tank baseball tanks. And he's throwing as hard as he can. He hits 90. The track man hits 90. And they're all jumping up and down. I hit 90. I hit 90. (laughs) And they wanted to show me because I know I'm in baseball. And the whole time I'm saying to myself, oh, I can't wait till that kid has Tommy John. Because in my mind, this is not about pitching, not about location, not about movement. He's just rearing back as a 16-year-old, throwing as hard as he can. Yes, that 90 opens the eyes. And, yes, it's going to get drafted. But as a baseball team, you know that a pitcher only has home. How many years is the average year for a pitcher in the big leagues?
1: Oh, man, I would say
0: three and a half, four, probably. All right, three and a half, four. You have Tommy John. How long are you out? A year. So three and a half, four year career, and a year of that, so almost a thirty year career is going to be out because of Tommy John surgery, potentially. Well, if but, everybody's going max velocity. But who's
1: to say that that new tendon that they drop in there doesn't keep somebody healthy for the next ten years, for the next fifteen years?
0: Well, our, our, we don't have enough guys to make the, that proof. We got to go on the average amount of pitcher. How long he's going to be in the big leagues? Mm-hmm. Okay. Once again, outliers play for ten plus years. Sure there's thousands of guys that pitch very few pitch over 10 years
1: the thing about the amateur level i can understand wanting to hit a certain mark 90 miles an hour that might tell you something in player development like like or the development of your player excuse me strength whatever like those are those are measurements when we're talking about valuing how to like understand the art of pitching how to get outs and why you're getting outs there's there's a time and a place for that you're using golf and the and the comparison with trackman if I've taught you something or we have talked about something with within the mechanics of a swing, are you going to take that out with you into the round that we're getting ready to play? Or are you probably going to tuck that into the back pocket and maybe take that out on the range next time? Right. You play on the course, you practice on the range. And so I think understanding that at the youth level very important because there's a time and a place look game speed tough to replicate so if we're going to get a real measurement on things game speed is probably the most desirable like control atmosphere right outside of that it's going to be lab work and i want to see what this kid can do in a lab mechanically and those numbers might look different so i can understand the desire to get the information at game speed but there has to be a a marriage a a unification of player development, and player assessment. I think those are two very different things.
0: It's like when I look at hitters, and if we went back into the cage up here at the Coliseum, hitters get in there, they're hitting, they're just grooving their swings, they're hitting the ball back. Muscle memory. They're, they're hitting it back up the middle when they're hitting off a tee. They're not swinging as hard as they can. No. Every swing in the cage, every swing off the tee, and they're not swinging at game speed because if they did that, they'd ruin their lower back, and they'd have major injuries. You know what scares me about watching all these bullpens down here with all the technology that's around these guys and they're checking every single pitch? The human brain knows I every pitch that I'm throwing when I'm down there because that's not when you went down there and threw a bullpen, a lot was about feel, right? Sure. Every bullpen these guys are now throwing, it's being charted. And I wonder how much in their – brain does that extra snap happen? Does that extra stuff happen because your brain knows? And how is that for your shoulder and your elbow? Well, you've
1: got to understand the power of association, visually being able to associate something you feel with what you just saw, and now the data is backing up what you just saw. So when you tell me that I went down there and threw a bullpen and it was about feel, you want to know why it wasn't about more? because we didn't have a damn track man, Townie, because we didn't have an tronic up there slowing it down frames per second. Like, if I would have had that, I would have loved that. Because now every time I take the ball, I'm able to learn something. That's why I stress to these kids the game of catch, how important it is. You've only got so many bullets, period, to spend, whether that's in a game of catch, on the mound, long toss, whatever it is. So if I have the ability to line up what I've just felt with data to support what I'm thinking or an adjustment that I want to make, how valuable is that? Yes, but there is a but, and I'll take it back to golf. It's the same
0: problem that a lot of these guys are having, taking that track man to the range. What ends up happening is you start firing on all cylinders, the body can only take so much. There's only so many bullets you got in that gun. Sure. And if, as you're saying, I want the feel, I want the science with it. Well, if if you're doing too much snap and too much effort down there and doing it out here... How long's this gonna last, or how long's the rotator cuff gonna last? It's all about being. That's smart. a question. Yeah,
1: but it's all about. And being And we're smart. seeing a
0: lot of guys get hurt.
1: Like you're not walking into the gym and getting under the bench press and loading up three plates on each side just to get it going, are you? Probably b- not. B- but me? Prob- probably, probably not. What? Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. <laughs> Curls for the girls. I'm guessing. I'm guessing you're easing into it, and it, you know you understand that there's going to be days during your workout where you're not maxing out. Like that's just so. So you're doing. Repetition. how much are we with the
0: technology in the bullpen? As you said, I want to marry all of this. Mm -hmm. Do I want to have that right spin? Well, that right spin means you're getting the, you know, it's it's like going to training camp in football. Take whatever the greatest quarterback, Montana, Brady, Manning, whatever. They're not gripping it and ripping it from the start. It's all nice passes. You're getting into – there's a lot of grip it and rip it in our sport with pitchers right now. That every single time they're taking that ball in their hand, and it's I'm seeing, I watch. Well, Luke. because
1: what I can do, what I can do mechanically at 82 is probably different than what I have to do mechanically to get 89 going. Do you remember when Trevino going?
0: and Trinan would play catch out here, and it was max velocity? Yeah, well,
1: that was the scariest game of catch in the big leagues. And
0: I'd be like, wait a minute, you guys are not pitching for another four and a half hours. My my, my whole problem is, I just don't think the human arms can. Sustain that long term.
1: Well, Tony, these aren't guys that have a membership at 24 Hour Fitness or Planet Fitness and are just cruising in to work out every now and again. These are elite level, finely tuned athletic machines that have the ability to go out and execute that today at lunch, and then I'll see you back at supper time. They have a that while, in the tank,
0: and then all of a sudden it's UCL surgery.
1: Ah, you arrive there a lot quicker than I'm comfortable with.
0: There's way too many people at every level getting this surgery. When you and I were growing up, we never hurt. We no, we, well, you we got, knew yeah. we knew a Tommy John. The old
1: guy got it. Yeah, you got kids now that like you know they're asking for Tommy John for Christmas. Like, yeah. oh hey, I, I want ninety eight my junior year. Like, what? that's what worries me. Yeah, but no, there's it's 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 uh, again. This is where the responsibility of youth sports comes into play. Is the coaches or who are essentially in my opinion glorified babysitters and that's not a knock on them that's just understanding that's what your role is your role is to grow the game of baseball keep these kids in in line in terms of how to create discipline how to create integrity within the arena of sport how to demand things of yourself and secondly how to be a ball player and then from there if you want to worry about the wins and losses that's fine but that that wins and loss thing that's way down on the list when you're a a youth coach in my opinion. So a lot of responsibility that, that needs to be stepped up in the in the youth world.
0: Let's end on this where you have that road trip, great for bonding, great for the team, successful check. Come back home, opening day, nice crowd win, check. Now you got three more against Baltimore, hopefully with the weather. Texas, day off finally then you get the Giants, basically home, another day off, and then another home stand. Just how – that, you know, I know we're supposed to go day by day, but just – but how does this line up for this team? It uh, looks pretty good.
1: Well, it, lo- it looks great, and that's why this road trip was going to be really interesting just trying to figure out who you are as a ball club, who you're going to be able to lean on early by what you see from some guys out of the bullpen – what the lineup is gonna look like, what kind of approaches are guys taking with them to the plate, because it's it's against some pretty high grade competition, right? Having that success, coming home five and five, which is all you could ever really hope for on the road. Now you get to settle in at home. You you get some clubs in here that you think you can compete with regardless of what your projection is. And that should probably get folks excited. That should get folks hungry. And when I say folks I mean these ball players because the opportunity to really kind of establish who you are is is right here. The conversation about where you are as a club after the first 30 days, first few turns through the rotation, well, that time is right now.
0: People want to hear you. People want to see you. And now that we're putting this thing on video, on platforms, a lot of people are watching, you have an open invitation. If there's something that hits you up in the booth during the game and you think, because you can only talk so much, right? True. I mean, there's only so much that you can get into. You have an open invitation. If there's something you like, I got to get this out to A's fans. I got to get this off my chest. You just pull the Ray Fossey because, you know, Ray used to just come over and put the headphones on. It's like two-time World Series champion, two-time Gold Glove winner, two-time All-Star, mm-hmm. Ray Fossey, Ray go. So you have the invitation, the Ray Fossey invitation, anything you want when you want how you want it you just come down here pick it up and let's go i'm into it
1: i'm into it i'm putting my feet up i want a
0: seltzer yeah but, i mean i'll get a sponsor if you want <laughs> let's let's get this thing going i mean you cuz you just come down when you want i mean we're going to book you but there's times where all right, I got to say this, and just you
1: go. I love it. I love the freedom. Well, Tony you know I'm going to take you up on that, my man.
0: It's almost like we should go set up. Remember that? So what was that game where you went up there by yourself? Just an off day. You wanted to be by yourself. Yeah, it didn't quite work out. And all, and all of a sudden, we all looked up and went, why is there a line of people up
1: there? <laughs> Just having some beers. Hey, can't a guy just have a beer and just watch the ball game? Just having some beer, signing some autographs, watching some baseball. Fans of it. You're the best, my friend. Appreciate you, Towdy. The great
0: Dallas Braden right here on A's Cast Live. Well, that's going to do it for A's Unfiltered. We'd like to thank Paul Blackburn, Nick Allen, Dave Stewart, and Dallas Braden for all joining us here on A's Cast. Now back to A's Cast, powered by iHeartRadio.
1: This has been a presentation of the Oakland Athletics.